Welcome to the Weekly Insight Podcast, where we break down the noise of the week and help you understand the psychology of the markets with your host, Andrew Dore at Insight Wealth Group. Good morning. Welcome to the latest edition of the Weekly Insight Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Andrew Dore. I thank you for making a little bit of time today to hear our thoughts on the market and the economy, what's moving things, and maybe what isn't. Before we get started, I just want to remind you what I say every week, which is what you're about to hear today should not be construed as individual investment advice but instead should be something for you to consider as you're thinking about your portfolio. If you have questions, if you'd like to talk about how this might relate directly to your portfolio, I'd encourage you to give us a call. Well, that was quite the week, wasn't it? In last week's podcast, I highlighted that the expectations game was upon us surrounding the August inflation report that was coming out last Tuesday. And the expectation was that that report would be kind of mixed. Not so good, not so bad. As we noted at the time in our memo, I think I said something to the effect of that if that's exactly how it works out, it would actually be a pretty decent report. But a report worse than that would almost guarantee a couple of things. Number one, that we are going to see a 75 basis point rate hike by the Fed this week. And number two, that we would have a not so fun couple of days or weeks in the stock market. And that might end up being the understatement of the year. We did have a pretty rough couple of days. In fact, on Tuesday, we had the worst day in the stock market since June of 2020. The August inflation report was decidedly not good, and the market reacted in kind to that. So we're going to take a look this week at the report, at what the expectations are for the upcoming Fed meeting, and probably more importantly, how we think you might consider navigating the waters over the next few weeks and next few months. So let's dive into that. First, what did we learn from the inflation report? I will start by just stepping back to things we've talked about in the past and remind you the difference. We have two types of inflation that we talk about a lot, core inflation and headline or all items inflation. Core inflation, just as a refresher, is that headline inflation number minus food and energy. So headline inflation is everything. Core is everything minus food and energy. Why? As we've said before, the old truth was that the Fed ignored all items or ignored headline inflation because they could not impact the cost of food and fuel. But then we had May and June, and you might recall us talking about the fact that Chairman Powell changed the game. He came out and said, yes, core inflation is dropping, but because of the severe increases in headline inflation, which were being caused at the time by energy price spikes, we're going to raise rates by 75 basis points. And he did that in June, and he did that in July. So is headline inflation the new standard? I think no. Core continues to be the thing that we have to probably pay the most attention to. And I think that is the thing that freaked the market out the most this week because all items inflation or headline inflation really wasn't that bad this week. It rose by 0.1% month over month. The continued drop in energy prices was a big piece of that. It was a bit higher than expected, but really nothing substantial. Now, core inflation was a different story. It jumped 0.6% month over month, which was twice the expectation. The expectation was it would grow by 0.3%. So given that core has now been falling for several months, seeing that all of a sudden that big spike of 0.6% was something that frankly the system wasn't expecting. So what led to it, I would point out three areas that probably stood out the most. New auto prices, which were up 0.8%. Shelter, which was up 0.7%. And medical care services, which were up 0.8%. Two of those three, autos and shelter, are huge weights to the overall inflation picture. 
I would posit that we are starting to see a fall in used auto prices. Hopefully new auto prices will follow that. And the data that we're seeing on homes, especially new home sales, is certainly showing some weakness. So I'm hopeful that over time those numbers will begin to fall as well. But how does this lead into the Fed meeting this week? I once had a boss on one of my first jobs out of college, and I was very excited, right? I was out there trying to really prove myself and really prove that I had value to the organization. And after a couple of weeks, my boss at the time sat me down and he said, Andrew, you need to learn something about expectations. You need to learn about the art of under-promising and over-delivering. Now, his point wasn't that I should not have to worry about delivering. His point was, don't tell people you can do things that you're not sure you can do yet. And I think that's a very important axiom for life, but I also think it is a very important axiom for the stock market, for inflation right now. The market's expectations for interest rates got a little out of whack after the July Fed meeting, and we have seen a dramatic shift in the mood over that time. So if you go back to what we saw back in July and what the expectations were for the peak in interest rates, they were somewhere in the neighborhood of slightly over 3%. Then when you come forward to August 3rd, those numbers were slightly higher, but not much worse. August 17th, again, slightly higher, but not much worse. And then Chairman Powell spoke, and we have seen a rapid increase in how far and how high folks think rates are going to have to go. And right now, the expectation is that rates will peak at over 4.2%. Now, in any situation, especially as it relates to the market, one of the things that I've always said to you on this podcast is that the truth is always somewhere in the middle. Things are never as good nor as bad as they seem to be. And I think that's what Chairman Powell has been telling us for the last few weeks. His guidance seems more and more accurate, more and more effective, frankly, uh, than ever after last week's inflation report. Maybe, just maybe, we finally have a grown-up in that seat. You know, I would argue that three months ago, I would not have called Chairman Powell a grown-up, but it sure seems like in the last couple of months, he has gotten some steel in his spine, and I think he's providing some really good guidance for this market and some really good guidance for this economy going forward. But in the end, the outcome or the expectation for this week's Fed meeting is now pretty much preordained. As I said last week, if we had a good inflation number, maybe the outcome for the Fed meeting might be closer to 0.5% interest rate increase. But if it was a normal result or certainly a worse result, which is what we had, we were almost certain that we would get a 75 basis point hike in this week's Fed meeting. I think that's probably where we're going to end up. I think the only variable at this point in time is whether or not they might go a step further than that and look at a full 1% increase for interest rates. I'd consider that unlikely. The inflation data we got last week, while certainly not good, was better than what we saw in June and July when he did 75 basis points. So at this point, you know, there's a, a term the hip the hip kids use these days called uh, choosing violence. It doesn't seem to me like Chairman Powell would need to choose violence at this point. But I think it's something important to watch because I always talk about what the probabilities are that the market are placing on interest rate increases. And right now, while there is an 82% likelihood according to the market of a 75 basis point increase, there is an 18% likelihood that we'll see a 100 basis point hike. So we're going to have to watch that this week. That will certainly be one of the stories coming out of the Fed meeting on Wednesday. So with all of that, where is the peak? Where do we finally get to a point where we can say inflation is falling? comfortably. And how do we get ourselves to the point where the Fed gets to their target rate of 2%? Because I think the thing that caused the most angst this week was that the market had hoped, and frankly, I had hoped, 
that we had seen a peak in inflation back in August. That turned out certainly not to be the case. But I do think there's some good news on the horizon. And there's a chart that I include in the Weekly Insight Memo. It'll be linked in the show notes. I would encourage you to go check it out. But it talks about the effect of various month-over-month increases in interest rates, or excuse me, in inflation, and what impact that will have on overall inflation, the year-over-year inflation going forward. And it's important to remember that we get into something called the base case. Because when we're measuring year-over-year inflation, if inflation was really low a year ago and it's high today, there's a big change year-over-year. But now we're starting to get into a period where we're measuring high inflation or high prices against a period that already had high prices. As we begin to get into that base case scenario, we should start to see inflation tapering off a little bit. Now, you might recall me talking before that all items inflation grew 0.1% month over month in August. What this chart looks at is it says, let's look at various ranges of month over month increases. It goes from a 0% month over month increase all the way out to a 0.4% month over month increase. And it says, if we had that every month for the next 15 months, what would that do to year over year inflation. And what we find is if we were at 0.1 or 0.2% month over month increases, or frankly zero as well, that would be awesome, but I wouldn't expect that. If we're at 0.1 or 0.2% month over month for the next several months, we find ourselves getting back towards that Fed target by the middle of summer next year. In fact, if we were at 0.1% month over month, we would break below the Fed's target in June of next year. But if we stretch that out to 0.3 or 0.4% month over month, so again, three or four times what we saw in headline inflation this last month, we still see the peak in year over year inflation happening this month in September. And we still see, even if we had those numbers, 0.3 or 0.4% a month for the next several months, we still see ourselves down in the 3 to 4% inflation range by the middle of next summer, which I think would be tremendous. So calling the peak is tough. I am not here to say, this is it. This is officially the peak. That August report, that's the end of it. Or the September report is going to be the end of it. That's impossible to say. But setting the peak is important for markets because there's another chart I include that shows that nearly every time CPI has peaked, that has entered a period of bullishness for the equity markets. We have seen it time and time and time again. But knowing when to deploy capital is a really tough call. So was that the peak? We just had a very high inflation number. I just got done telling you that the math would tell us that August or September may actually end up being the peak in the market. Markets are down 19% on the year, not far off of our low of 23% in June. So is now the time to go out and deploy a bunch of money into equities? I can't promise that. Is it possible that more downside exists today? It certainly is. But it is a time where if you're looking to deploy capital, I think there are opportunities, but those opportunities should be very wisely done. We should not rush in with a whole bunch of cash tomorrow, but instead should be looking to how can I dollar cost average into this market over time? We may say over time, we want to speed that up and you may miss the absolute bottom of the market. But as we continue to see some volatility here, I think that is probably the best approach to go. But there's good news for those who are saying, I'm not too confident in that. I'm not too confident in starting to deploy capital right now. And the good news is that we are now also seeing opportunities for short-term cash. Because if you go back a year and you looked at me and you said, Andrew, I really want to put some money in a CD or Andrew, I really want to put some money in treasuries for the next six months and try to find some opportunities to get some yield. Those opportunities just weren't there. 
you were lucky to get 1%. Today, and I only say this because I, I quoted a six-month CD here for someone just last week, we were able to get about 3.25% on a six-month CD. That is substantially better than we've seen over time. So for those who are saying, I'm not sure it's time to deploy capital in this equity market, but I do want to try to chase a little bit of yield in the meantime while I wait, there are opportunities for folks in the short term which is good. No matter where your head is at now, I definitely think it's a time for patience. Admittedly, I'm very impatient as I'm sitting here saying this to you. We would love to see this market take off. I can't promise now's the time that's going to happen. But I think we can say that we've talked a lot about psychology of the markets on this podcast. In fact, the guy that intros the podcast talks about the importance of psychology in the market. And this type of opportunity, this type of moment is the time when most people are freaking out and it is as such then a time to be very patient. It is not the time to panic because when you panic with the masses, almost every time you're wrong. So if the peak is coming, it might just be the time to get to work. But if it isn't, there are opportunities in the short term. We can hold out. We can find some return in the short period and look for opportunities to deploy cash in the future. So with that, we'll leave it there this week. I really appreciate you taking some time with us. As always, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to give me or my friends at the office a call at 515-273-1333. Or as always, you can always visit us on the web at www.insightwealthgroup.com. I hope you have a great week. We will be back with the report from the FOMC meeting next week. Should be an exciting conversation. Take care. Securities offered through Arate Wealth Management, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, NFA. Investment advisory services offered through Arate Wealth Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment firm.